What's going on, podcast? It is Colin of Colin Can Help. I want to let everybody know that I am no longer doing the Anchor ads because there's a lot of better things to promote than Anchor. Sorry, Anchor. But if you're an artist, a musician, small business owner, just even a person that just has a message they want to get out there and something that you want to live forever, podcast pre-roll ads. It's the way to go. Currently, I'm offering a hell of a promotion. $5 gets you a 30-second ad. Whether you want to record it, you want me to record it, just send me the copy. I'll be happy to read it on your behalf. It'll go in front of the next interview or for as many episodes as you want to go. $5 per 30-second ad per episode. You can't beat it. So today I have Josh Dobey. He is a photographer, videographer. He is a content creator, content manager. The guy does a little bit of everything, kind of like the modern renaissance man. He was a great inspiration to talk to. His story is not like many, if any. Um, Everything from being in a rock and roll band to being homeless to making sandwiches to taking over the content world. So without further ado, I got an hour and 20 minutes of great stuff coming for you. Check it out, then go check out Josh. And as always, let me know how you like it and let me know who I should be talking to next. So it is Collins Conversations. We have Josh Dilbey. Go ahead and introduce yourself and a quick one too about how you got started. Sure. Uh... Like you said, I'm Josh. Uh, I run Josh Dobe Productions, which is a photography, videography company. Um, I also do the social media marketing for uh, America Canine Training, and I am the media manager manager for Evan Lovett, who is a muralist in Philadelphia. Um, basically, uh, I started off as a musician. Uh, I was in a heavy metal band called Demolisher. Check it out if you want to smash somebody's head in. There we go. But uh, basically, I was doing that for a long time, and then uh, I stopped it for my ex fiance. Um, we had gotten a house together, and I uh, we became a manager at Melt Bar and Grill here in Cleveland. Um, and I'm slowly starting to realize that this was not for me. You know, I was doing 70 hours a week, 60, 70 hours a week. Just grinding my my ass at a at a fucking nine you know nine to five piece of shit restaurant. <laughs> like I hate to say it that way. I love love everything that the opportunities that were given to me, but I noticed that I needed something creative in my life. You know, I've, after trying to be a musician for 10, 15 years, I was I was chasing this creative outlet my whole life, and then now I'm just like, oh, I'm trying I to do sandwiches. this like normal thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm selling sandwiches. And so my buddy Sam, who worked with me at the time, um, he just started a company with his uh, partner. Um, it's called Skelton Studios. And he kept telling me all the time, he's like, "This place is sucking your life. You gotta stop. You know, you get try something else. You know, come over to our studio. Like blah blah blah." And he kept on, kept on, kept on. I'm like. All right, I'll come over. So I came over, and this is before they had even built anything. They had just gotten the spot. What year are we talking? This is uh, 2017. 2000, into, into 2016, started 2017. And uh, 
I'm like, man, this is this is actually sweet just to see like the bare bones of what they're going to build, you mm -hmm. know. And he's been he's been doing video stuff since he was in high school, you know. And he always told me he's like, oh, you got the eye, you know, you you can do this, you got the eye. Like, okay, fine. And then I started watching Peter McKinnon uh, on YouTube, Casey Neistat on YouTube, you know, they that glamorous life of just building your own thing. It's like, man, that's so awesome. Like, I want to get into vlogging. So I literally, finally, I, I just had enough. And I took all my credit cards, and I just, laptop, camera, drone, you know, stands, lights, you know, everything that I needed to start off. And just max those motherfuckers <laughs> out. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is what I want to do. I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had had a camera once, and then I had you know my smartphone. Right. But I was like, I, I just feel like this is something I can do that'll get my creative juices flowing again. So, I just said fuck it and bought everything that I needed, without knowing how to do any of it. Um, they then offered me. We decided to start a drone company. Um. Uh, like an aerial photography, you know, 3D imaging kind of thing um, with Sam and Mark and uh, a couple other people. We started this uh, company called Sky's Edge Media. Um, didn't go well. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we got it all set up and then some people were doing more than others, which rightfully so, like they, some people were more skilled than others, like mm -hmm. I was brand new to it. But I also was going through a break, breakup with my ex-fiance at the time because she did not like my career change because I quit Melt, which I should also say, I quit it to do this right. and started slinging pizzas. She didn't like that. She didn't find it financially sound. She didn't support me. So cut those motherfuckers out of your life. Just saying. Absolutely. <laughs> There's, that's the best part. If you take anything from this podcast, that cut the people that don't fucking support you at all. I wouldn't be here if I had listened to her. Mm -hmm. um, but I was going through all this. It fell apart. So now I'm just like, oh, man. This is what I, I thought we were going to start this. This was going to be the company that, that gets under me, that I can start doing everything that I want, and I'm going to make money off of this. Well, it didn't happen. So now I'm, like, homeless. I'm, like, you know, couch surfing. The company went under. I've got like barely any money, I'm no money, I'm in such a debt, right? So I was just like, I have to reset. So I left. I left Cleveland, I took that bag that I have right there, packed up the clothes I had, and then left. Like I sold my ex everything that I had, pretty much, and I went down to, back to Indiana to just like restart myself. And then opportunity just comes knocking you know I'm staying at a friend's house on his his couch you know and my friend Evan who I do media for now um, he's also my tattoo artist and he's a great dude he just called me up one day and he's like hey weren't you doing camera stuff I'm like yeah yeah I'm, I'm trying and he's like come over here like so I went I went out for a week and he was doing a mural he does giant art planetarium one Nope, nope. This is this is a precursor to it. Yeah, it was uh, it was just a wall out in Philadelphia. Um, so I took some pictures. I did a little video. Mm. I look at it now; it's so shitty, but <laughs> it's okay. It was my first like real video, right? And I'm driving back home, 
and he calls me back because I had told him, you know, kind of where I'm at. And he's like, listen, come back next week. I'll pay you for a month to live with me and just do videos for me. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. So I came back. He paid me like for a month of just doing work for him, doing more mural like videos, photography. And then I decided, all right, Philly's a little too much for me. I'm going to go down to uh, Florida. <laughs> okay, family in Florida. This was, the whole 2017 was just me like moving around, you know, right. and learning new things. So Philadelphia was up here learning about video and some photography, but mostly video. I go down to Florida, I get into real estate photography because I'm like, I had put this myself in this position, you know, like I have to, I have to use this stuff to make money, right. you know, in Philadelphia, I used it to make money. If I'm going to be here in Florida, I have to use it to make money. So I found um, a real estate rental, like vacation rental thing. And they were like, well, we need photos. All right, I gave him a, you know, I just threw a number out there. I didn't have, right. I had no idea, you know, and it stuck. And I'm like, okay. Isn't it beautiful when that happened? Yeah, it was great. It was, <laughs> it was amazing, you know, it, especially because like a guy that like at this point, I'm only four or five months in, right? I'm still like learning everything. I, you know, YouTube or, you know, forums. That's, that's how I'm learning. That's how I'm creating these things. And so... I, I build a reputation down there and now I'm like, okay, I have unfinished business. Like I left Cleveland in a shitty situation, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to go back. I got so many friends up there, blah, blah, blah. So I come back up and just so happens my, my friends, like I was looking for anything for work at the moment and they're like, Hey, why don't you come at our dog place? You know, uh, which is Heights canine. Um, I'm like, yeah, sure, how much? And, you know, they, they told me the hourly wait. And I'm like, oh, I can't really live off that. <laughs> so then they contact me like a week and a half later. So well, wait a second, you do photography and stuff, right? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, just hop on. Like, we'll, we'll pay you as a media person, right? So I started taking pictures of dogs full time, you know? It's one of the best jobs you can get, I think. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, right? it's definitely amazing. Um, and I've been with, uh, his name's David. Uh, Turpak, um, he's now the owner of Miracle Canine Training, but I've been with him over a year, and you know, it's just been nice because I've been able to grow myself while I've had this job, you know. So Josh Dobey Productions came about uh, probably like August last year, and that's what I, I do everything that's not dog related, basically. Um, any any kind of like boudoir or. Um, portraits, the mural stuff that I do with Evan, which may not be a little bit longer. We're actually going to start a company together actually for his stuff because he's just got so much to do. Um, but I don't know, that's the long short end of everything of how I got here. And that's where I'm going right now. Nice. You're getting about 8,000 angles to go. Good. <laughs> that's what's beautiful about almost all these podcasts. Almost all work the same. And like, Every, like it's interchangeable with the guests, but like yeah. I, I listened to the intro and you did a phenomenal way of giving me eight thousand ways to run with it. 
I so tried. let's start with, uh, you mentioned how almost everything that you've learned is self-taught through YouTube. Yeah. Uh, myself as well. I mean, like I said earlier, I started a lawn business and I knew how to cut grass at my house, but I didn't yeah. know anything about plants or anything. Where, yeah. Like you said, you go through some forums, you go through some YouTubes, a couple try trial and errors, mm -hmm. kind of under underbid a few things just to get the experience. And yeah. then once you know what you're doing, you go there. Yeah. Um, how about formal education? Did you, what, did you go to college or anything like that? Or Yeah, I went to college for about a year. Um, I was going for recording arts, which is like soundboarding and stuff. This was back... When you were doing your heavy metal days? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh... <laughs> I actually quit college to be in a metal, like in a band. So, I was in Indiana at the time. I was going to Indiana University. Um, and, man, I just, like, knew, you know? Right. Like, high school was just, like, whatever for me as well, you know? And then I got into college, and I'm like, man, I don't think this is what I really want to do. You know, and I was in a in a really shitty like hardcore band back in <laughs> southern Indiana, right? And my cousin Cole up here actually was like, Oh yeah, let's play some guitar, man. And I'm like, Okay, cool. I'm moving up. <laughs> so I moved you know, nine hours up here to to play guitar with my cousin. And uh from there, you know, it, it was like a business thing. It was like this small one got me into this bigger one, and then I got into a national act. Like I said, it's called Demolisher. It was like we got to tour around a bunch of times, and yeah, that's how I got up here. So you play guitar or anything else? Uh, I do. I play drums. Nice. I, I bang on things. <laughs> it's been a long time. Don't ask me to be in your band because it, it'd be real rusty. But and are you self-taught musician, or did you take lessons on guitar? How did that all start out? Uh, no, I was uh, in band. I was a band nerd in high school. You gotcha. Know. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I look back at it. I was a little fat boy, you know? But. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you, you went from Indiana. I mean, you've traveled all over the place. You said nationally mm -hmm. with the band. Where's the best place that you've ever ever either visited or lived or lo location-wise? Um, best place vacation or touring-wise would be Albuquerque. New Mexico. New Mexico. Yes, New Mexico. See any aliens? No, I went to Roswell like four times. Uh, <laughs> I'm still looking, but uh, no, a uh, Albuquerque is just amazing. It's right by a mountain, like so they have desert on one side and skiing all year round on the other, and right. it's just amazing. California, obviously, like you go down the coast. Oh, it's a beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful. It's amazing how long it takes to drive through California, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's, you, you don't think about it until you get over there and you're like, oh, okay, this is like three quarters of the way up and down. You right. Know? So. Yeah, Maura and I, we drove, uh, must have been three years ago already. Come, she flew out when I was in Seattle. She was going to drive back with me. And we're driving through yeah. California and everything. And I have an aunt that lives in San Diego. And we're thinking, you know, I mean, like San Francisco or somewhere. I'm like, oh, I should go see Aunt Janet. Let's plug yeah. it on GPS. And I was like, because you're looking at the map. And you're like, oh, that could only be four or five hours or something. Like, yeah. I feel bad not to go see her. And then you plug it in. And you're like, it's still 12 hours away. We're not going to go see Aunt Janet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We're not, not seeing not, her. Not on this trip. That's a standalone trip. Yeah. No, traveling's fun though, you know. Absolutely. And, and and thankfully, you know, first it was work touring, which I will tell you, people always think, oh, you're on tour, like that's you're having the time of your life. That was the hardest work I ever did. You know, you go, I drive twelve hours to unload a bunch of equipment to play like a half hour marathon, basically. Right. Pack it up and then drive another twelve hours. There's partying is not. 
a thing. I mean, sometimes it can be, but usually it's you get drunk in the back of the van to go to sleep. <laughs> that's that's what that is. You nice. know, it's. I think you know as you were talking beforehand, um, marketing and what you've learned through like businesses. I think most of the stuff that I've learned was through being in a band. You know, I have to market myself. I have to create a product. I have to create a brand image for people to come to me because, you know, metal bands are dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to, how do I bring myself out to be this? And then touring is literally me going and showing you this product right. every night. And you have to do it consistently every night. And then we're talking about merch. I had to buy merch and like keep inventory items and, you know, all this. And then, you know, to get my stuff on Spotify, I had to get a, 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 a label, basically, a third-party label to put us on there and all this. You know, it, it, it was a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I learned more from being in a band about business than I, I have anything else, than being a manager at a restaurant, honestly. So... What about, like, getting the gigs? Is there any trick to finding venues and things like that? Like, did you guys already have everything set before you went out, or...? Yeah, yeah, so... So basically, first, you, you do local. You play your local scene. Then you get go district, regional, you know, Midwest or East Coast, mm -hmm. wherever you're from. And then you get, you got to show that you can pull or you can have some kind of numbers. Because then you got to get a... The best thing is, I mean, there's some people that I know. There's a band called Traders. They do everything themselves. Great, great dudes. They've, they've like, figured it out. But most people, like, we had an agent. You know, we had a booking agent, um, booking agency. Um, we didn't have a label yet before I quit, but we were being looked at, you know. But it, it's all about marketing with these other companies usually. Just kind of doing your own networking, yeah. but then also having that standalone guy that that's all he does. Yeah, that's all he does. He just, he contacts the venues, they, you know, gets everything set up, finds promoters within the area, and then you get your guarantee, which is like, I have to make this much to come out to you to play. Right. You know, which... You know, it, it, it all depends on what they do. Like, you got to get a good promoter to promote the shit out of the show for them to make money. Right. And that that's the whole, like, the, the world, the life cycle of the music entertainment industry is, you know, if you work hard enough, you'll make, like, as a promoter, you'll make a lot of money. But if you're just one of those guys that I'll make a Facebook group, <laughs> you're never going to make any money. Right. And... and you know, for other genres, that's already built up. You know, country and all that. I mean, even more mainstream metal. Yeah, but this local, like, there's like this heavy beat down or like old school hardcore or even like old school punk. It's like this underbelly, like, just pe anyone thinks they can be a promoter. Right. And, you know, they go in and out and then they don't know what they're doing. And <laughs> they lose like 500 bucks on a show because they did a Facebook group and thought that that was going to bring people in. Yeah, we've, we've all been to a couple of those shows where we're like, how are they going to make any money at this place? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, sometimes you got to, that's, you know, a lot of times in my life, that's, this, you have to learn the hard way. You got to right. bite, you got to bite the bullet and take some losses. Yeah, I think you learn more from the losses than you learn for the gains. I mean, it sounds oh, yeah. kind of cliche, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you, if, if you lost $500 trying to set up a show, you're not about to do that same thing that you just did to no. that show ever again. No, exactly. <laughs> and I'm one of those. You know, before before I was in a, in a like, a touring band, you know, there's uh, I, I used to book a couple of shows. I was that guy that I'm talking about, you know. I, I lost my ass on the show. Like, and I was working, like, at Speedway at the time. 
you know, this is eight or nine years ago, but I didn't have extra money, and I, I lost like 800 bucks, but I made sure I paid the bands. But, you know, I was like, oh my God, there was everything I've saved for the last year, like, right. gone. So, I mean, that taught me, like, okay, if I'm going to do this, i got to do it right. So the next show I did, you know, I made 400 bucks. It wasn't a lot, but I didn't lose, and I gained, so. Right, and if you're still working at Speedway and you could pull off one of those each week, you know, there's an extra 1600 bucks a month yeah. just to kind of. Yeah, exactly. There's a, a friend of mine, his name's Corey Haiti. Um, he's from Columbus now. He used to live in Cleveland. But he started, it's called Bravo Artist, Bravo Artist. And he went from just doing these local acts, and now he's like one of the biggest booking agents for the this area. This like way. for Yeah, I mean, he, he books, he used to book for like 21 Pilots and all that. Like, he used to be into that, that group. And now right. he, he does a thing called Spring Fling here at the Agora Theater downtown. I mean, it it packs out every year. Like, both stages. Huge, huge event. I'm just like, that's crazy. And it's just something that he's stuck with his entire life. Right. And he's became so successful over it. You know? And I'm sure each, you know, year one, that that festival probably, you know, like you said, he probably lost his ass on year one. And year two, he's like, all right, I figured it out. And each year it builds and the relationship builds. Yeah, now it's just like a well-oiled machine that he's, he's got, you know, six people under him. He knows exactly what he needs, like who he needs to get, blah, 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 you know? And that that's that's the thing for everybody. You know, even even me, like, sometimes I look like at these other photographers, you know, and I'm like, God, this stuff's so much better. Like, <laughs> this video's so much better. But the thing we always forget to realize is that they came from the same spot that I'm at now. Right. You know, we all had to start somewhere, and we all sucked. At right. some point, you know, I mean, I, you know, I could show you the photos that I first took, and I'm just now. Nah, now I look at them like, what were you thinking, dog? That right. like, you know, like I'm like. I mean, I'm the same way. When I first started mowing grass, like I'd, I'd look at people that do the, you know, the diamond cut. Yeah. And like I just look at it in amazement, like how the fuck? Yeah. You're like you're looking at the lines, like how did they do that? And then when you mm-hmm. realize all they did was it went like this, and then they went yeah. like that, and yeah. after you look at it when it's done, I mean, the same way like that painting above you. I have no idea how to do that, but I'm sure yeah. there's 8,000 fuck-ups underneath that final product that yeah. you don't see. Yeah, you know? exactly. But the dude kept going with it, or you kept learning yeah. the photos, I kept learning things, or yeah. even with the podcast. When I listened to the first podcast, I think I said, um and huh, 47 <laughs> fucking thousand times. Yes, sir. You don't hear me saying those words, because I listen to it, I'm like, alright, should not say that, because it sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you learn each time, yeah. and each as long as you grow from each time, yeah. You've won, as far as I'm looking at it. Yeah, and and that's the problem with today's, you know, instant gratification, right? We see we see the Instagram. I I put my my photo up. Oh, it got sixty likes, hundred likes. Oh yeah, you know, (laughs) I feel good. Like it's instant, instantly gratified. Get that dopamine right away. Yeah, exactly. But that makes people not want to work for things. You know, I have that problem sometimes. I look at something that I've done and like. Oh, that's not good enough, you know. Why can't I be better? And then it like I get this little doubt inside of me. But that's what cripples so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, we someone tries something new or they get they get into something and then they just stop because oh this is too hard, oh, it's not good enough, I'm not doing good enough. Like, come on. Like <laughs> nobody was perfect. Like <laughs> if you if you stop at square one, you'll never get you know, you never know what your your potential will be. Right. And I think that's that's the problem with most people nowadays. 
or anyone that feels like they're stuck in this like loop, they're nine to five, but they're too afraid because they tried something and like, oh, I'm not good enough. Right. Or saying too with that, they're like, like you weren't afraid to go max out your credit cards and go buy a whole bunch of yeah. stuff because you're like, I want to do this. I know I want to do yeah. this. And if I do, if I buy the stuff, I have to do it. Where yeah. a lot of people, that first step of like, oh, I don't know, I only got three thousand on my credit card. I can't put a twenty six hundred dollar laptop on it. Yeah. You know, like I, I was very lucky. My wife back there, she, you know, when I started doing all this, I have an iMac in our bedroom. Yeah. Which is like a two thousand seven iMac, which is great for most things yeah. until you want to do anything with video. Yep. And, and then you're like, garbage. Why does rendering take four hours just to get the thing into the program? Yeah. You're like. It'll run Photoshop, it'll run Premiere yeah. and all these things, but it won't run it. Yeah, <laughs> so it'll, it'll finally, run it, yeah. You know, she got so mad, so mad at me for yelling all the goddamn time about nothing's working and I'm, I can't accomplish anything. Yeah. She's like, you got, the, you got a good credit score, go get yourself a laptop. And, yeah. You know, like in my head, I'm like, I know that's what I needed to do. Yeah. But you're like, do I want to do this bad enough to go spend 2200 yeah. or whatever I spent on a MacBook yeah. Pro? You know, and then yeah. once you have it, you're like, how did I do this so long just fucking around on that, you know? Yeah. Oh, I feel it. <laughs> it as soon as you upgrade. You upgrade and you're like, oh, yes. <laughs> but but you're right. People have that weird, like, sense of they don't want to spend money on it. I'm like, you got you to gotta spend money to make money. Like, I'm sure you deal with that all the time as a content producer and yeah. everything else. I mean, oh, yeah. especially, like, you know, a lot of artists always say how everybody's trying to lowball low them and doesn't want to spend money. And same, too. Like, I... We do a very similar business model. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know you need this. I could tell you a thousand reasons why you need this. And they're like, oh, but it's how much a month? Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I, to give me some likes? Well, yeah, but likes turn into people looking at you, more interested. They follow yeah. the wormhole. They follow where yeah. you're going to go. Next thing you know, they're in your store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, for, for my company that I do social media for, like, okay, we do board and trains for dogs. We're talking 26 to... $5,500 per dog, you know, that's, <laughs> if I get one person, you know, mm -hmm. like, I've paid for my, my monthly fee of what I am there for, right, like, just one, but I've seen the, I've seen the fruits, I see the messages, you know, we have a website, I see the contact forms come in, like, I see my worth that is there, and it's nice to have someone that understands that worth, right. you know? And that's how people, yet again, they don't look at it that way. You know, they're just looking like, I don't want to spend, you know, five, six hundred dollars, you know, to get likes or, or, or any of this traffic on my social media. Why does that matter? I'll just use my phone. Right. Like, yeah, your phone can be an amazing tool if you know how to work it. Right. You know, like, I could set up a little light lighting and just use my phone as well and it'll still work better than like some other person that has no idea what they're doing right you know and by the way we're doing all of this on a cell phone with a little light for anybody that's yes. just audioing we're talking about my setup <laughs> right here essentially but yeah. continue yes and, he, and he's doing a great job at it he do, he's doing exactly what he needs to do so good job to you thank you sir. um <laughs> but yeah or and, and the other thing you know, not even just like about what the content is, but about posting. You know, a lot of these businesses, they don't even post. They don't even use it. It's like restaurants. Oh, man, it hurts me. Like, <laughs> like your whole thing is to be a public gathering area. You should be using social media, which is a digital gathering area, to right. tell people to come to you. The easiest thing is to take pictures of food. People love food. 
food, dogs, women. We just talked about that. <laughs> like, that's what Instagram is about. Right. You know? And, <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. With it, the restaurants, too, what kills me is the people that, they're only showing a picture of their cheeseburger. They're not showing that guy that just loved that cheeseburger. Yeah. Like, if you, like a lot of people focus so much on showing off the product but not realizing yeah. that you're not selling a product you're selling an emotion you're selling yeah. different feelings mm -hmm. those actually bring people in opposed to damn that sandwich looks good what's on there let's go to this grocery store and make that yeah that's true <laughs> or, yeah make it a, a destination point absolutely and like it. you were saying too about times of posting and things like that yeah. you're just doing with your photo there's a, a shop across the street it's so you they're a resale company yeah and they do a, they have coach they have name brand a lot of great stuff and they do a real good job with their photography yeah. but at least once a month I'm sending them a DM which gets no response by the way which is never a good idea you know yeah you, you want to get engagement and I'm yeah. trying to give you tips and you're not listening. So mm -hmm. not that they're watching my podcast because yeah. clearly not, but their problem is every day, because I, you know, I have my post notifications on anybody that I either enjoy your content or I want your business. Yeah. Those two, I get an instant notification so I can go see what it is. Every day, right around closing time, they have five to seven photos, boom, 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 but nothing all day long. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm like, hey, why don't you go, you know, spend the $13 a month to get a, a program that you could put everything in. Yeah. Three posts a day, five posts a day, and schedule them yeah. out so you know they're seeing it, opposed to, oh, yeah. it's all their shit again. You know, yeah, like, exactly. Why people aren't investing $15 a month, even if you do it yourself and you don't yeah. want to hire somebody like you or somebody like me. Like, yeah. why don't people listen to people that are giving them free advice? It's amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because. It's Social media scares the shit out of people. Right. They just don't, they don't understand it. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, this isn't really helping us, you know? That's right. a, that's literally how people look at it. And I think a lot of people, too, they're looking, like in a lot of the businesses you've mentioned, and a lot of people that I've worked, if it's not a positive per transaction, every transaction, like, if you're 3000 a month, 5000 a month, they're like, well, why am I giving you three to 5000 I'm not getting anything back. But they're not, like you said, they're not seeing the amount of people that are coming in because yep. of that traffic mm -hmm. source. Yep. And just because this transaction's 5000 just wait three months, eight months. Content lives forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know? People scroll down, they, they're seeing that photo from two years ago. It's right. still right there, you know? And, you know, I was just listening to Joe Rogan. On the way here, it's white, of course. White man's, white man's Oprah. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> but he, they were just talking about Instagram and social media and a billion people log in a month on Instagram. Oh, just I, Instagram. I just to this one too. That was uh, uh, today's episode? Last yeah. Year, yesterday's episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah yesterday's. Yeah. Like a billion. And that's using it, not even like the inactive. Users. Yeah, not the inactive. That's a billion people. And you're telling me you do not want to get in on that? Right. Like, you don't want to make that a priority? <laughs> like, okay, in this area, right, there's 300 plus thousand people in, in, in just the Cleveland metropolitan area. Right. There's another 2 million on the outside. You're telling me you don't want to make yourself known to these people? Right. Like, especially if you're like a burb like this, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Someone on the other side of town is not going to know about you. Right. Unless you get on the media and you make yourself a destination, like, oh hey, I saw these guys. Like, I want to go. I want to go over there. Like, there's a, in, it's called Hartville Collectibles. It's in Hartville. It's down by Cuyahoga Falls and Akron area. Mm -hmm. It's like this giant like flea market thing. But they've actually done a really good job on their Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And it's like people go there, right? You know, 
you just like have to make yourself a destination point. That was us yesterday. We went to uh, Kalahari, but I've been watching Cocky's Bagels over in North Olmstead since before they've opened. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, it's one of those, I see their posts all the time. I see people posting the same little area from their store. Yeah. And we're driving, and I'm starving. And I'm like, you know what? We're about 45 minutes before they open. I was like, let's, let's take a side trip. Yeah. We went over to Cocky's Bagels. Great service, great food, great atmosphere, great everything. Yeah. And how, how did I know about them? Because they're on my Instagram right yep. now. You know, I exactly. see their Facebook ads. I see, you know, different yeah. things. And you're like, all right, I see happy people. I see bagels. I love bagels. Yeah. I go, oh. you know. <laughs> doesn't love bagels. Come on. Uh, Lily in the bedroom doesn't love bagels. We had that conversation on the way. She said, I like donuts. And I was like, bagels are better. You're young. You'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bagels are always better than donuts. Absolutely. Ugh. But let's move a little bit back into, you know, more of what you do. So you racked up your credit cards. How did you decide what gear that you were going to invest in? I mean, you said you got computer, camera, all these things. How did you pick? I mean, there's so many different pieces of equipment. How did you yeah. narrow it all down, and what all did you go with? Oh, man, Peter McKinnon, for sure. Um, Casey Neistat, for sure. Like like I, I said their names earlier, but I got the Canon ADD. I got the DJI Mavic Pro drone. You know, I got the the Gorilla Pod from Joby. Um, got a MacBook Pro. Uh I mean, I, I just started looking at vloggers, even though, like, vlogging was literally, it was like this, whoosh, you know, <laughs> I thought about it for a second, and I was like, man, I am not interesting enough right now, Right. you know, maybe sometime in the future I will, but I, I just, I don't find, like, this spunk enough to do it yet, but that's, that's how I kind of delved myself into it, and my friend Sam, again, he kind of gave me tips on, hey, go ahead and get this, like this is good starter equipment, which it is, and I still use it right now. Like I'm, I'm looking to upgrade soon, but a very important thing is to know how to use your stuff before you get anything new. Like f max out your abilities with what you have, because if you do that and you buy something that's way better, you're gonna be that much better with that piece, you know? Makes sense. And I think that's with anything, you know, anything you do. Um, whether it's like you know if you can mow a lawn and make it look immaculate with a, a smaller mower and you can just use one of those zero turns next right. and you're just like you're just going to ace it that much quicker and that much better if you know how to do it absolutely you know with something smaller I equate what you're saying to my golf game. I'm not a great golfer, but my, my <laughs> uncle makes fun of me every time he talks about golf. Because yeah. he's like, if anybody wants to go play a scramble, you need to get Colin, because that motherfucker does amazing things with a nine iron. He'll go out there with a putter and a nine iron, and that's it. A bag of balls, and that's it. Yeah. But there's 18 clubs in a set, or however many in a set. Like, yeah. I don't know how to use every driver. I don't know how to use every wedge, but mm -hmm. I could hit that nine iron 100 yards, dead in the middle of the fairway, yeah. every time. Yeah. So like you said, like... And I learned that one, then I branched out to the wood or whatever. But, like, as soon as you know how to use one, then you go out and do the other thing. Yeah. You know, like, don't overextend yourself and try to figure out yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I, I can't stress that enough. You know, I, I'm always, I used to be that guy, you know, I need a better camera body. Oh, I need a better lens. Oh, I need, you know, I need this, I need that. Help yourself, I just need better skills. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I just need to sit there and tone it. And, and the thing that helped me, I mean, A, I didn't have the money to buy new things. Right. So I was like, all right, I have to do what I'm doing right now with what I got. And it, it almost has just alleviated the need 
or the want to like get something new. Mm -hmm. I know I need it to be competitive for the bigger things that I'm starting to, to get in right. now, but it was just so like, it was almost re relief, I would say, to not want to be just like so honed in on gear. Right. You know, I think especially for something like photography, it's so easy to get stuck on, I'm a gear, gearhead. I need gear, 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 gear. Because something, you know, it's it's a, a technological field right. that, you know, every three months, a new camera body that blows the last one out of the water by, you know, <laughs> leaps and bounds, right. you know. And now I'm approaching two years with my camera body. So it's like ancient history almost at this point. Um, but I got to meet this wonderful lady. Uh, her name's Brittany Gidley. Um, she is like a baby, like newborn family photographer. Mm -hmm. She's here in Cleveland. She does LeBron's pictures. She does, you know, some of the Cavs, the other Cavs players. She's got, she built this all herself too, you know, so she's, I pick her brain all the time, right? Absolutely. But, but she's one of those, she only has, she has these two camera bodies that are, you know, two, three, four years old. And she has two lenses and one light. <laughs> That's all. That's all she has. Right. You know, I thought, you know, someone that has built herself up that big of a reputation, like, I mean, she, the clients that she gets are huge, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, she's going to have just this wall of gear, you know? I was like, she's going to sit there and I'm going to be like, drooling <laughs> the whole time. Just thinking you're going to die camera yeah. or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. And then I went there and she had one camera bag, you know? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, you did all this with just this, you right. know? And she's like, yeah. And you taught yourself as well, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, goals, you know? You are who I want to be. Um, and, and and just seeing someone that has made herself successful, very successful with just what she has. Right. You know, it just, it just gives me so much, like, fire under my, my feet, you know? Absolutely. What about drones? I'm always interested in them. I've never wanted to buy one, but like, <laughs> how do you feel about using them? What, like, what applications do you see yourself using them more in? Um, so, I use mine mostly for when I'm doing um, his mural work, Evan's mural work. Uh, it's just, you know, a nice perspective to get mm -hmm. this. It's like this giant piece of art on this side of a 30-foot building right you know I have to almost use it mm -hmm. um, that's that's pretty much the only time I use it um, I have can't say that I've used it in other places I mean a lot of people do um, for vlogs or you know anything like that or a movie or something but um, it's very limited for me and I kind of wish I hadn't got it but at the same time I am glad because it's such a like niche like niche tool right like and I, I think, you know, the, the drone craze there for a while, a couple of years ago, right. you know, everyone was getting on and like, oh, I'm going to be so, so good with it. And then <laughs> they either wreck it or then they realize, like, I can't really use this as much as I wanted to. So I think it's more of a fluff tool. It's right. kind of like a GoPro. Gotcha. Like, you know, GoPros are cool, but you can use it for this, you know, like. Yeah, you mentioned that you did real estate uh, down in Florida. The, some of the best drone work that I've seen are people that are using drones for real estate photography. Yeah, I did use it for the real estate for sure. I mean, but, these, you know, you get a big, nice, beautiful house, big, big yeah. acreage and everything to be able to go up yeah. 50, however many feet up yeah. in the air. And, and it was right by the beach. So I was like, all right, I got to get that in there. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I got to zoom out on that. 
Yeah, I mean, drones are an amazing tool, especially if you're, uh... Oh. <laughs> What's up, Kush? What's up? <laughs> Guest today. This ad is sponsored by Kush Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Man, you just took my train of thought, buddy. Come here, bud. Come here. Come here, Kush. Come here, bud. Come here. Come here. Come here. Go. Go see Lily. Good man. Go. You're not in trouble. Go. This is I feel like it. Put me back in here again. Giving me this big luxurious room with a bed all by myself. Mm -hmm. So we're, uh, we'll cut all that out. That's fun. Uh, so talking about drones is where we were at. Uh, yeah. Is a useful tool, not useful tool. So yeah. let's just switch to something new since we're going to cut that out. So... Uh, <laughs> It's the beautiful thing about not doing it live. Wow. It is great, isn't it? It absolutely is. So, yeah. uh, let's talk about, have you thought about getting into your own podcast for your own business and things like that, or getting your dog clients to kind of, I mean, I think that'd be a great angle as, you know, if you're, you're doing training and everything, to have a little verbal thing to go with it. Yeah, I mean, we thought about it. Um, David, the owner, has definitely, he tried to do his own podcast. Mm -hmm. Um I'm not sure what really happened. You kind of fell off the, the wagon on that one a long time ago. But uh, I think it would be a good thing for sure. I mean, there's a lot of dog trainers that do it, actually. Um, me, personally, I have been thinking about it. One of my, my big things is, like, I thought about doing, like, a service industry one. You know, like right. like servers, bartenders, like, telling their stories and stuff. That'd be good. I think that'd be a really fun one, you know, because I was doing that for six, seven years, so... I know, like, I mean, every, everybody that works in there. I mean, I, I went to uh, vocational high school. I did culinary mm. arts because you know okay. my first job when I was fourteen was I was a chef. Yeah, you know, cleaning kitchens, worked my way up to assistant cook, chef. Yeah, yada yada. But it's one of those I learned like this is a horrible job. Like it's great to know how to cook. You know, I'm very lucky that I know yeah. how to cook. I'm sure, the family would say the same thing. Yeah. You know, like the kid wanted uh, buffalo, not didn't want buffalo wings. She wanted like garlic parmesan. She said, "Oh, we don't have garlic parmesan like sauce." Yeah. Here you go, garlic parmesan sauce. Yeah. But like, same thing. When I worked this furnace in the house, you would come home every day like this stupid motherfucker, blah blah blah. So I mean, that'd yeah. be a great thing to have as a podcast, and mm -hmm. especially two people that are in the service industry could listen to it, and then you know, yeah. people that aren't, you're like, oh, I do that. Yeah, Maybe exactly. I shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I I tell you, man, I wish that it was a mandatory thing that everyone do some kind of service job when they're in high school. You know, right. so you could understand where people come from. You know, because I, I started out as a host, and then I worked myself up to a manager. You know, I I'd been to every facet of different people that come in, right. the takeout people that suck, the server. You know, the 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 customers that come to the tables that suck. The best people are bartender, like being a bartender, and the people go to the bar. They're you know they're there to drink. They don't care about right. anything. So. But yeah, I think it would just be a really fun podcast to to talk about that because I don't I I personally don't know a podcast that talks about those kind of stories or or whatever. Right. Plus, you know, I I love talking. I talk all the time. I talk. <laughs> you can ask my girlfriend. I talk my head off to her all the time. But I would I would love to talk about maybe not photography because I I feel like all my facets. There's so many. That's such a saturated niche too. Exactly. Like. I, I have to figure out, but I would love to. Like, that's why I was so excited to come here. I was like, oh, yeah, let's see what this is all about, you know? Right. And, and like, 
like I said, I looked on, I mean, on your Instagram for your podcast already. Like, I don't, I don't know what your listening count is or whatever, but I mean, you have a good following. It looks like on your, your Instagram already. So right. that, that's cool. And that's kind of equates back to what we were talking about originally. Like people are afraid to do something cause they're going to be stupid or they're going to suck at it. But like you pushed through that boundary. You were like, I want to start this fucking podcast. Right. So you did it. And like you said, you listen to that first one, and you're just like, oh, oh. And <laughs> now here you are. How many have you done now? Uh, you're 31. 31. See, you've done 31 podcasts this already. This year. This year. There you go. <laughs> and you see, that that's what people, they're always afraid to do that that first, second, third one. Once, But man, once you get there, once it becomes a routine, like right. it just... Yeah, like you mentioned, like the listen, it's like, I always find it really interesting, like, because, you know, again, my, me being a social media guy too, like... The analytics are super interesting to me. Where like, yeah. it's interesting to see what one I didn't think was going to get more listens, or I thought this would get listens, yeah. but it gets views. Yeah. Where like the 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 audio version of the podcast is still really low on view counts, but yeah. then when I take each one of like each question that I ask you, I end up taking it, you know, breaking it into a segment and you know doing it IGTV yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. and those are averaging about a hundred views each. Yeah. You know, so like if I could just get the segment. That's a hundred views, yeah. and you add all those all up. Those, yeah. You're like, I'm killing it on that one. But yeah. same way, like you said the Instagram, um, the Colin can help page that started this year, this time last year. That's just short of two thousand, like twenty. I keep like that little tiny bit. I'm like, yeah. just get me to that two thousand. I'm like nineteen seventy six or yeah. something. And then the uh, Collins can help. Uh, I mean, Collins conversation. Uh, that is six to eight months old. Eight okay. months old, I think, and that's hovering around thirteen, thirteen hundred. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, I know how to do a little bit of social media management. So, mm -hmm. but like with that one, what's nice is with the podcast, it's like, we'll take the Casey one that I did because that's mm -hmm. how you're here. Yeah. I, I go through, if they're, if they're a guest, I like, I follow every single person on their following page. Yeah. Like normally I try to do the interviews Monday, Tuesday. So I have a couple of days to kind of do yeah. that. Plus get a little bit of clips and yeah. everything to promote it sure. and keep it in a cycle that way. But by going on and liking, like Casey had like 1300 people. I have 500 mutual followers now. Mm. So as soon as you get 500 mutual followers and you keep popping up, you know, scuff mixing here, there, there, there. You're, you know, we got yeah. Josh Dobe, Josh Dobe, Josh Dobe. Mm -hmm. They're like, I know that motherfucker. I don't care about calling conversation, but I do like scuff. I do like yeah. Josh. You yeah. know? So they're like, oh, let me go down the rabbit hole. Oh, yep. if I click this, I go to this. I click this, I go to that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a beautiful way, like you said, everything's connected to where right now, even if your view... The last one I did was a complete flop. Jillian, don't worry. <laughs> we'll get you some views eventually. But like that one I took on because of the guy that I do uh, a lot of kickback and forth with ideas, Jer Jeremiah Craig, check him out. Um, okay. YouTube-wise, he's killing it. Uh, he's a folk singer, balladeer, but also you know a freelance marketer. So yeah. he decided he loves wearing cowboy boots. Stu's got 24, 2,500 followers ever since he really stepped his cowboy game up. And Tacova and all these other big boot brands sent him boots. <laughs> you know, he goes on, he'll go to a boot store, talk to the people, and be like, hey, can I do a couple of videos and try on boots on and things like that? They'll go try on boots for two hours in the store, edit them up, and next thing you know, that boot brand sent him boots. Because yeah. he got 4,000 views or however many views that he's yeah. getting. You know, it's like, and that's to me, like you said, a lot of people don't go break through that wall. I'm like, I want free shit too. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. let, let me go talk to a bunch of people build up the following and send me some free shit I'll talk about it yeah. like, like same too I, with uh, the podcast I host everything through anchor.fm 
Um, it's a free service, really easy to set up. And what's nice about them is they give you all the analytics, it's unlimited storage, but then they also provide sponsors. So Anchor was a sponsor for a while. Same with Joe Rogan, I had the uh, Squarespace as a sponsor for a short time. That, that, that one ended. What was funny is I'm like, I'm doing a podcast set telling this person how I need to make them a website. Then the mid-roll comes in and it's, <laughs> hey, it's Colin. If Colin can help, uh, if you want to do Squarespace, it's a great website. Yeah. Or you can go to me. But Squarespace, you know, one of those yeah. type of things. Like, But the, the ability to, A, you and me wouldn't be having this conversation if I didn't have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like artists that I'm working with or whatever, or clients that I pick up. Like, yeah. if I would have just, like, I said, um, too much, I only have, you know... A cell phone with a Shure microphone, which is a beautiful piece. I don't know if you noticed that. It plugs right yeah. into the thing. Yeah, I love those um, things. Nice little condenser mic fits yep. in my pocket anywhere I want to go. Yep. $20 uh, tripod, and that's our normal light that instead yeah. of in the corner, I put on the couch. Right there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's one of those in each one that I do. Like, if it's on a different location, I won't have that. But I'll do something different here or whatever. Yeah. But, like you got to keep that same format and just keep moving it and working it. And mm -hmm. sometimes they hit big, sometimes they don't. But like yeah. you said, if, as long as you keep it consistent, whether it's social media, podcasts, mm -hmm. dog photos, naked lady photos, as long as you're posting this stuff consistent, yep. people are going to be like, oh, I haven't seen Josh post a dog look recently. Let me uh, let me go check. Or, uh, yeah. It's Friday. Colin always puts out something on Friday. Let me go check. You know, yeah. And then right there, you're on their minds. And like we were saying earlier, that's how the lead gen comes in of, Hey, I want to be on the podcast. I'm actually turning people down for the podcast now. Hell yeah! Like that's yeah. a fucking sweet feeling. Within the, the, the within this last six months. Within six months' time, thirty episodes. I'm turning down two or three people a week just because you know whether yeah. I don't like your music or the one guy we won't say any names just because that's kind of mean. But you know he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> check out my stuff, blah blah blah. Yeah. But I checked out his stuff. Five YouTube videos. First one, thirty thousand views. That catches my attention. Yeah. Seven views, 15 views, 21 views. Mm -hmm. The reason he got 30,000 views is official Chris Brown, blah, blah, blah. Like, cover. Don't do that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, how come you did this? Well, oh, you might not know, but it's a marketing technique. Like, well, your marketing technique just made me not want to work with you. So, like, yeah. you might want to kind of get on your own merit and go do your own thing. Like, yeah. Chris Brown, that's cool. He gets 5 million views. You just took 30,000 away from him. Yeah. You just wasted somebody's time that has to watch your shit now. <laughs> yeah. That 30, wanted to go see Chris Brown. Yeah, 30,000 of them. <laughs> you know, like, that's they're, they're not going to go look at your other four. They're going to be like, fuck this guy. Let me yeah. go find the real Chris Brown that says actual official song, you know? Yeah. And I was like, dude, like, don't do that. Like, yeah. I don't care if this only gets seven views, one view, two views. We did it. It was fun. We have a yeah. connection now. Anything that we need to work together again, we have that. Opposed yeah. to like, if I'm like, hey, check out, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, whatever the hot thing is, you know, yeah. they're like, nobody's going to watch that. They're like, oh, that's an hour interview of Josh, not why Donald Trump fell down the stairs or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah exactly. Like, clickbait is cool. Yeah. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> no. It, <laughs> anything it turns people off for, for good you know yeah. they're like oh it's that dude that... <laughs> so he's like oh my god what i did to get arrested or whatever and then it has nothing to do with even yeah anything. Like you sit there with the whole seven minute video you're like this dude there's not even a cop in here yeah exactly <laughs> i never I, I get it you know they want that quick quick right. click or whatever it, but kind of like you were saying how you don't feel you're I forget I don't want to misquote you but you don't feel you're interesting enough to do vlogging yeah. where I don't know if you follow Gary Vee but I follow a lot of the Gary yeah. Vee advice of put on your board what's boring to you now 
and in two years, three years time, you made it big, people are going to be like, damn, the fuck did Josh do? Three years ago, he was living in a van down in Florida, going back and forth between all these places, like, I'm living in a van, you know, or like whatever that relevancy yeah. is, and they're like, all right, well, same with your photographer, like, you're like, all right, this is how she did it, that's the blueprint. You know, even yeah. if you don't think it, blueprints are boring as fuck. Even an architect's gonna look yeah. at a blueprint I'm like, oh, this is yeah, this oh is cool. <laughs> yeah. No, you're one hundred percent right. I, so, I think it's, I think, a lot of times, uh, you know, there's my my one friend uh, Billy Matsumoto. I know Billy. You know Billy? Yeah, okay. I met Billy twice. It was funny too. It's uh, we, the they did a show at the Grog Shop a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like all of Ty C's people and everything mm -hmm. and. You know, uh, Casey's there, and he, oh, this is our friend Billy, and I'm so bad with names, especially like in the loud, you know, they're playing the music and everything. You know, you do the friendly, oh, hey, Billy, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. And then like two minutes later, he's like, you, you remember my name? I'm like, nah, bro. And then like a, a week later, I'm at Casey's house, and he walks down the stairs, and I'm like, Billy! Yeah. I remember your name now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's he's one that, that has told me quite a few times, just when I like always need it, you know, he's like, man. You do such, you like, I can't believe how far you've came. You know, he's like, the, some of the things that you put out, I'm just like, Josh made that? And I'm just like, really? You probably you know, like, dude, you juggle chainsaws. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, saying, honest, what I did is amazing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this dude's like, I'm so good at so many things, I'm just like, wow. Right. You know? And He's so nonchalant about everything. Yeah, guys, and, and, and he tells me, like, that was amazing. That was, it's like, your your work is so good, like... I still can't believe that you you started when you did and you're putting out the stuff now and I'm, you know, I uh, internally I'm just like I, I didn't know it was that good. You know, <laughs> you, you, it is easy to get into that mindset. Whereas if I maybe did vlog about something, somebody would be like, "Holy shit! Like that's how you do it," or "That's right. not boring to me. Like that's exciting." And you know, it's just some everyday thing for me. Right. And, and I, I I definitely get stuck in that loop sometimes. You know, I'm just like, oh, I'm just a nobody regular like yeah. I'm not grinding or whatever but right. I am I, and you are you're, you're absolutely correct and, you know I'm trying to build my own brand as well with this Josh Obey Productions and it's like there's a lot of people who never do anything like that right. you know and I'm like oh I'm boring you know yeah I mean there's a million if not more than a million people that are staying at a Melt or a Bob Evans or whatever yeah. because that manager job pays the bills they're yeah. miserable but it pays the bills so that's comfortable they, instead of taking that risk to be not at all comfortable, yeah. I mean, you and I both know running your own stuff, trying to build your own brand, like yeah. that's the number one thing. Like I like I said, I left at seven this morning and I'm still rolling at eight, nine, ten, yep. eleven, twelve, two, three, whatever time. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you own a business, you you own a company, that's cool. You, you know, you make your own schedule. Yeah, but my schedule is twenty three hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, yeah. If I'm if I'm on a, a shoot, I'm there until I'm done. Right, like, and not, then your shoot. Not only are you there till you're done, but you're, I'm sure you're going back to the lab somewhere and editing. Oh and yeah, and then I'm editing for <laughs> two, three weeks straight. Right. You know, um, something that I would love to bring up right now actually is uh, Evan and I. So we're working on a TV like pilot right now. Sweet. Um, so it's basically where he goes and he's really into animals and conservation, such like that. So we go to a city, we work with their zoo to work with an endangered animal, right? So he's, he's going to, he paints a mural of said animal. We get conservationists about that animal, talk about what's going on with it, why is it endangered, how are we working to help it. 
And while we're there in that specific city, we go to, you know, places to eat, you know, the, the what's what in right. that city, right? So it benefits the animal, the zoo, the city, and all that. Um, I, and I find that so interesting, but this it takes so much work. Absolutely. You know, we, we go and film. I mean, the last one we did, it's called the PA Bat Rescue. Um, it's this girl, she's amazing, Steph Schrock. Um, she literally does all of it on her own dime. Like, wow. yeah, she's the only like bat rescue in like the, in Pennsylvania. She has a hundred bat, you know, 40 to 60 bats at any time. And we had to get there. We got there. Like I got there that night, night before on Friday. And then we filmed all day Saturday and then we filmed in the morning Sunday and then I had to drive back that night, you know. <laughs> It's it's like a good solid forty eight hours that I'm just working basically constantly, and then I have to bring it back, and now I'm still working on it. And that was three weeks ago, you know. It's like this huge thing, and people, like you said, are just like, oh, just you know, you can make you can work whenever you want. You, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I wish, man. Right. But like I'm, I have to work on that after I get home from working at the dog, you know, at Miracle right. Canine. So I, I, I go in, I work, I edit videos and edit photography there, and then I come back home and I have to do it all over again, you know? And it's like, it is a grueling pace, you know? Absolutely. And it, it's just, it is laughable sometimes when people, that, but that's why they'll never do it right. themselves. Because they're like, oh, you, you can make your own schedule. <laughs> You don't, like, no, dude, you don't understand the work that you have to put in to every little facet. If you want to, no matter what business you're starting, mm -hmm. you know, as you know, you know, even with the landscaping thing, like, I, you have to get up this early to get there, to come back, to now do your marketing thing. Right. And people don't want to grind sometimes. They're just like, oh, it's, just hand it to me, <laughs> you know. If I, if I just keep doing this nine to five, you know, maybe I'll... You know, it'll come my I'll way. I'll do it when I retire. Yeah, yeah, that or, it'll come my way eventually. <laughs> no, that's because because if you already have that, which, A, if you're doing a 9 to 5 and you think that way, you're never going to get that promotion or whatever because they can see that you're just doing the bare minimum to get by. Right. Like, they'll promote someone that even, maybe that is their life. Maybe they really enjoy that 9 to 5. You know, because it is for some people. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe that person is like, I love this company and I will fucking die on the sword for this company. Right. They're going to promote that motherfucker for the the guy that, oh, I'm just, it'll come my way. Right. You know, that's, there's many different levels of, of success, you know. Absolutely. Success isn't the eye of the beholder, honestly, to me. Like, if I don't make a shit ton of money in my life, at least I knew like I did what I wanted to do. Yeah, you, you know? had a body to work. You made your own yeah. rules, and you yeah. enjoyed what you did. Exactly, and and I think that's the other thing is people do get stuck up on money. Yeah, we need money. Everyone needs money to live. Right. You got to buy some fucking food. You got to put a <laughs> roof over your head. I fucking get it. Right. But once you, it's like when you put that in front of what you your like needs, your actual inner needs, like what you should be doing with your life. Right. You're doing it for the wrong fucking reason, my dude. Like, <laughs> I don't care what it is in life. Like, money will come. Money will follow your, when you're passionate about what you're doing, you know? I feel it. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people in this, like, industry that 
do it just for money. You know, they're like, oh, it's about that guap, man. It's about, you know, getting, you know, they have all this equipment and, you know, like making lots of money, but I can just tell they're not fucking happy. I'm like, then why are you doing it? You know, <laughs> like you could do something way easier for like good money. Right. You know, that that's, that's the thing that always surprises me about anyone that's in the music or, or film or art, you know, if they're doing it for money, I don't, I just don't understand it, man. Right. Like, this is hard work. Like, <laughs> like, if that dude was just doing it for money, let me tell you, he'd hate his life. And it wouldn't look that good. And it wouldn't look that good. Because, I mean, that's in any, like, again, any facet. If you don't really, if you're not passionate about it, your quality suffers no matter what. Right. You know? I'm going to run that back before I forget my point on this, this yep. TV, TV concept that you're talking about. Um, yep. The guy I mentioned, Jeremiah Craig, I want you, I'll send you some links to it, but I want okay. you to check out his Break Room Balladeer series because okay. um, I think that you could borrow a lot of what he's doing there. Um, the idea, he's a folk singer, musician, makes his own songs, yada, 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 but he's also a videographer content, like I mentioned. So what he does is he finds uh, small to mid-range businesses that have anywhere between like 5 and 50 employees. And the idea is he comes in and for free, he'll, he'll film an interview with the company high ups in the company and talk about the company and put all that together. But then he ties his music into it by, by me doing this for you, I need to you know perform for the entire staff. So he'll, he'll do a half the day or full day or whatever of interviews of, you know, get all of his footage, get all of his social media clips. Mm -hmm. And then he'll actually write a song based off of like the one that he did uh, that comes to mind is like a used clothing store, used clothing store in Seattle mm. uh, that did like you know like the, not used clothing but like used like kind of like played against sports here, okay. but like for like mountaineer type stuff. Yeah. And it's one of his one of my favorite songs of his came from doing it for basically a thrift store. Hmm. So like he's able to tie in his music same way that your guy could tie in the mural of like hey you know I'll cut you a break on the mural but let me go ahead and get this content developed. So that we could mm -hmm. talk about you, show what I'm doing, and then every day your people could see my art here. Yeah. Um, kind of that type of thing. And then he has another series called the Expressway Balladeer, where he's traveling and doing different things, kind of the same thing. He'll kind of set up like on the side of the road a rest stop or whatever and kind of do the tour showing of everywhere that he's been and then, you know, playing the song yeah. up against the mountains or whatever. But like you said, kind of finding music is his passion, mm -hmm. but he's finding a way to kind of bring music into different things. Yeah. Um, also, the very guy that made cool. the theme song to the Colin Can Help podcast. So thank you, Jeremiah. Cool. <laughs> there you go. The best theme song in all the podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Which was so funny because I didn't even like I didn't even commission it. It was just one of those like, you know, we throw enough ideas and he's like, Hey, I'm working on a podcast theme song for you. I'm like, sweet, but like my personal music is more like rap and you know, give me some gangster shit. Yeah. That's what I'm trying like, let's get some you know, some nice little beats and shit like that. Yeah. And he comes in with guitar and you know, kinda of like the twang and I was like the first playthrough I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. And then like the more I listened to it after three, four, five times, I was like fucking nailed it yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah. I didn't even ask for it he came up with the words and then like he ended up making an IGTV video which like was the behind the makings of it I'm like that's so fucking sweet man or yeah. some, like even like like you're like you're doing I'm sure with the, the guy you know doing the paint and everything like yeah. to see blank wall and then kind of either a time lapse or this is how he's picking his paints yeah. and they're doing the different things like yep. to me I can't draw but yeah. to find out how people do that finished product is such a yeah. whole like, some people just see the mural and that's all they want to see. But to be able yeah. to have, like you said, showing, even he might think his artwork sucked then. And he's like, oh, wait, I remember how I did that and how I did that. Or, you know, like, yeah. it's amazing to watch that process go. Yeah. Well, 
it, it is. I mean, just watching him paint in general. Yeah, I'm just like, just, I've seen like, I've seen the, the uh, planetarium one that you, yeah. that you had. Yeah. That that was a sick mural. Yeah. <laughs> do you like that little video too? Yeah, you did good, man. Good, thank you. <laughs> but uh, no, you know that was just one of those moments where me, like personally, I was just like, wow. I'm in a science center with my boy, like, we're doing this, you know, he's painting a mural on something that, like, millions of kids are going to see. Millions. Millions. You know, because the mural that was there before, it was there for, like, 25 years. So that one's going to be there for that or longer. Right. You know, and it's just like, oh, my God, like, what we're doing here is, like, that's cool. And the cool you know? things about that is some kids might not give a fuck about the science center. You know, all they yeah. want to do is draw and yeah, they'll be like, and they get there and they're like, astronaut. <laughs> yeah, exactly and, and it's it's cool to be able to document something like that that this, like this is something that's actually important right you know it's not just like oh we're doing some street art or whatever like this is in a science center where what what is going to pave like future generations you know and it was, it was just a really fun experience and that's this this is where i'm just talking about like at the end of the day it's like opportunities you know you you gotta you gotta work your way up, but you also gotta know like you f you find people and you work with those people, mm -hmm. and you keep those like relationships going, because all the best things I've ever done is, I do one thing for them and I'm like listen, you know I keep my relationships good, and it's always just come back tenfold, you know. Keep the bridge. Keep the bridge. Yeah, don't burn the bridge. <laughs> don't ever burn the bridge. I don't care if you even hate if you're a bridge maker. Don't don't burn them. Yeah, be a bridge maker. Don't burn them ever. It'll always bite you in the ass at the end. I swear it. <laughs> like karma is a bitch sometimes. Right. Even if it's not your fault, you gotta just stay civil as possible. But always, even if it just seems like something you might not want to do because it's uncomfortable, you should do it. I always say if it's uncomfortable, that's more reason to do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, the best things that you do come from a sense of uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, if you're comfortable, you're complacent. You know, that's you're starting to die once you're comfortable yeah. and complacent. I was on the uh, Perceptions of Reality podcast a couple months ago. And that was, like, really interesting how they do theirs. Like, the guest picks the conversation, and you don't tell them what it is until you're alive. Yeah. And it was one of those, like, I'm sitting there, like, like, like you said, like five minutes before the thing, and I'm like, I've hosted podcasts. I've done 20-some episodes at this point. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to talk about that? Yeah. Like, do I talk about this? Do I talk about that? And I've, like, had this thing, and then as soon as you said, all right, we're live, I was like, let's talk about why people are comfortable and why that's a bad thing. You know, like, yeah. once you're comfortable, you're not learning. And once yeah. you're not learning, your brain's dying. Like, so, like you said, if it's an uncomfortable situation, throw yourself at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, his thing that he wants to do is that TV show. He wants to pitch it to Animal Planet and Discovery Channel and all this stuff. And I'm just like... You want me to edit this? You want I'd be to careful this? with that, though. I mean, I might pump, like, there's 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 glory to that, but yeah. in today's world, I mean, you guys could have host that on his own website. Yeah. And everything comes to you. All the control stays within him and you, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Opposed to Animal Planet, gets you a bigger platform quicker, but yeah, make your own ad revenue on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's his thing. His That's thing. the only thing yeah. I know. And and just knowing that there's people. Like, execs like that seeing it, though. Right. It's just like, okay. Right. You know? And it makes me really, you know, like, uncomfortable and nervous. So I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, these people see, like, pilots all the fucking time. Right. And I got to make something that's presentable to them, you know? And it's definitely, like, pushed me. Like, okay, I got to 
I got to get my my shit together on this, you know. And it's definitely helped me grow in the last couple months because we just started doing this in May, and I mean my editing is just it's just firing on all all cylinders, you know. And I think, like you said, it's good get out of that comfort zone because that's that's where I was sitting for a while, just for a couple months. And I'm like, oh, this is fine, right? You know. But now, like, I'm trying to get more into my photography as well. That's the thing is, like, you know, I'm trying to put my tendrils out and everything, learn everything I can. I just bought, like, another, you know, $500 worth of equipment. Great. You know, <laughs> but, you know, it's this nice soft box and nice strobe lights for, right. for pho like, portrait photography and stuff. So that's my next avid. And I think that's my favorite part about photography is that I've been able to find all these facets and just learn from every one of them. Right. You know? And, and you know, I think we talked about it in our in our messages before. It's just like... It, it's, it, it's easy to get, like, in a standstill or, like, monotonous in certain things. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to find all these other avenues in with what you're doing. Absolutely. You know, where is it? It's video or photography... What kind of photography, dog photography, wedding photography, portrait work, whatever. It's amazing. We just got married up April 20th this year. And Congratulations. Thanks, man. We're not even divorced yet. We're killing it. Woo! As <laughs> <laughs> the divorce lady I talked to on the last podcast. I was like, I don't need your services. I hope to never need your services, but how are you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but like, to me, it's amazing what people charge and what people pay for one day of capturing like just photos. Mm -hmm. And we ended up going with my buddy I was talking about, Jeremiah, because mm -hmm. A, we knew him, you know, yeah. didn't want everybody coming in, you know, like it was at my uncle's house. Like, I'm not trying to have some stranger just come in running the show, like, yeah. not somebody that actually knows us, that knows what we care about. Yeah. Take a couple photos. I'll edit them myself. I have Photoshop, but he put together a great wedding video for us. Yeah. And, you know, working on the barter system, I'll pay you a little bit of money and give you a little bit of skills and the best thing in the world. But, like, if you could get busy on weddings... Go eat people's food, drink their booze, and take some photos of them. That's the best job in the <laughs> world, man. Yeah, you think that. There are some bridezillas, let me true, tell you. True, true. I mean, you'd have to be selective in who you're picking. But, like, yeah. well, the more I was going through people, I was like, I know we need this service, but I can't pay somebody that much to take my photo. I don't even like getting my photo taken. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me, here. Now, here's a good one for you. So, my first wedding that I did photos for, um, this was last August. Um... <laughs> I knew her, that's how, mm -hmm. like, we worked at Melt together, and she asked me to do her photos, I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it, and I got my friend, uh, Kelsey, which is K-Ray Photography, hope I got that right, Kelsey, I'm sorry, uh, if I didn't, but... If, if you didn't, at least I'll do the research yeah, to make sure the link's right. Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure it's k.ray.photography, K um... She's done weddings for years, so I was like, please help me with this. Come take you know? me to school. Yes, exactly. And she did, willingly, you know, she's, a, she's an amazing person. And uh, we, we went, uh, it's a venue downtown. It started at 5 o'clock, right? 4.30, power goes out. <laughs> there's a storm that comes through. And where the ceremony's at in the building, there's not one window. <laughs> it's pitch black where the ceremony's supposed to be. I'm like, oh my god, because we we went down to Shooters, uh, you know, the Shooters Bridge. You know what I'm talking about? Down, so it's this really nice place. Those came out beautiful. 
You know, I'm like, yes, these are so great. Today is going so well. It's going so well. And then the power went out. So now we're, I'm like freaking out. Well, I'm like, oh God, hopefully the power comes back on. They called the power company. Oh, I'll be back on 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you right now, the power never came on the rest of that night. So the ceremony, we're taking, we have our flashes out. We have, I have my, my phone flash so I can pull focus on people in pitch black. I'm just like, because they, they put candles around. That was the only light. It was basically pitch black in there during the whole ceremony and the, re the reception. And I, you know, I looked at her and she was just like laughing. I'm like, what? She's like, this, she's like, this is your first one, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, this is the worst wedding I've ever had this year. Don't worry. And I'm like, oh, great. So that's how I started out my wedding photography career was the lights were out, you know, which we, thankfully we still got everything. She walked me through everything. It was amazing. But you know, that was one of those where it's just like very stressful situation that I was like, oh God, you know, I'm, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, if I, you know, this is a lot of money. Like, this is a person's like moment, you right. know, and we, we still caught it and it was good. But it's one of those moments where you got to like ascend and fight back, <laughs> you know, and thankfully I had a mentor there to help me. I think I would have. So Kelsey, thank you. I had two two things like that with the podcast. The one one of the first ones that I did with uh, whenever whenever I have something that's not local, I use uh, Google Hangouts and run it through YouTube uh, events live. So like you get them on the screen and everything, and it records it through YouTube. You can download it. Okay. If you have your footage. Works well once you know what you're doing. Yeah. The first time that I did it, I didn't realize that. Like to me, I thought because my head was big on the screen, that's what you know. Like flipped it. You know, I'm thinking I'm like, all right, so I'll have both of them and whatever. And it was me on the screen the whole time. And you see, most of the time I'm sitting here just listening and just while you're talking, I'm thinking of other questions and things like that. That's all that I had recorded. You could barely hear what the lady was saying and blah, blah, blah. And she was saying some of the best shit ever. Yeah. Alicia Caldwell Henderson, one of the interviews. We ended up redoing it like the next day after I, you know, downloaded the footage. I'm like, this isn't usable. Yeah. And then another one we did with Ashley Greathouse, who is a really cool horror author. Okay. Um, that we ended up having fun at home. I still never published this thing because we got nothing usable out of it. But same yeah. thing, the power went out. We're at our uh, old place, and we're you know she's you know it's a horror thing. We're talking blah blah blah, yeah. and the lights go out. And you know Lily, she's ten, so one yeah. of those like the lights come out. She, she's like you see, she does real good, staying in her room, staying yeah. quiet. And she comes out. She's like, what happened? The power's out. And you know, and I'm on my phone doing the the, the podcast. So like that's still going. Yeah, and I was like. All right, you know, Ashley, like, we lost power, you know, we'll, we'll redo this another day. But she knew that Ashley was a horror author, and we had these little puck lights on yeah. the ceiling, and they had a little remote control. Yeah. And, you know, like, I started clicking on them, and it was like, the lights just turned on, and I was like, oh, shit, I think Ashley sent a ghost. <gasps> like, probably one of the ghosts from our stories. And we were able to run with it for, like, the whole time the power was out. We had so much fun uh, with it. But, you know, like you said, the yeah. power goes out. Like, what are you going to do? You yeah. either run with it or yeah, you or sink. sink. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to just keep going. got to keep going. So let's start wrapping it down. One thing I'd, I'd be a fool not to touch. You're covered almost head to toe in ink. When yeah. you start getting tattoos? When I was 17. 17? Yeah. That one. <laughs> The rock bracelet for an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. Nice. Uh, at least I didn't get her name. There you go. So, other than that, I mean, yeah, I'm a fine collector of art. And you said the uh, the mural guy does almost yeah. all your work? Uh, he's done all of this arm. He did my hands. 
and uh, one back here. Everything else is just random people. So everything that's color is the, the art, the mural man, and everything else is Mostly, randoms. yeah, randoms, yeah. How do you pick what you get? Um, kind of just I just kind of let him go with it, yeah. Um, I like bugs, as you can tell. I have quite a few bugs on me. Um, yeah, this one, like, so it's a bot fly, and uh, it's leading, I don't know if you know what bot flies do. They put their larva in living tissue. All right. So they come on you, they lay their eggs and go, and then all of a sudden you have a boil, and then it comes a little bug. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, so I was like, let's make it disgusting, <laughs> you know? So I have a little zombie eye on there and stuff. But other than that, I mean, the one on the back of my calf is, uh, it's an owl, and then there's the world under it, and the world is falling apart. And that, that's the only, like, real meaningful one I guess I have, because it's like, no matter how wise you are, your world can always fall apart. I like it. Yeah. But... Any of them you regret? I mean, this whole sleeve over here, uh, it's a little angel sleeve. I used to be religious, uh, not anymore. <laughs> I stopped drinking the Kool-Aid, per se, I mean... That's just me. It's alright, I drink Mountain Dew, I don't fuck with Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's not even that. Like, if it was still a good sleeve, I would keep it. But the person that I got it with, uh, don't really talk to him anymore. And I'm probably never going to get it finished, so... It's Thinking like, about going over it with something else? Or? Yeah, I'll probably black it out one of these days. And then put, like, geometric white white shapes over it. Cool. It's like a big thing right now. Because other than that, I'm going to have to laser it off. Because this is all too dark to really put anything over it. Gotcha. Besides something dark. So. And I've got a, I've got another tattoo artist coming soon on the podcast. What yeah. would you talk to a tattoo artist about? Would you talk to him about? Shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, That's what everybody says. They're like, oh, his stuff's real cool, but I don't know what I don't ask him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his art background for sure. Because obviously if he's a tattoo artist, he can draw. Right. Like, I like to know what what their art, real art passion is, because, you know, with Evan, getting to know him, like, and knowing what his real, like, passion is, is really cool. Like, tattoos are cool, and he, he loves doing tattoos, but, like, there's this whole other world that he has, mm -hmm. with, like, these murals and stuff like that. And, and it's really, I think you find out more about who they are from what they paint. Right. You know? on a canvas than a human. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's fun talking with Casey about, you know, we did like 45 minutes of, all right, let's talk about your music, let's talk about this, but like, luckily, like, I knew from Mora that he did tattoos, you know, he's yeah. covering tattoos. Yeah. Like, it shocked him, like, you know, because he's done interviews with other people before, and he's like, nobody's ever talked to me about that. Like, yeah. cool, let's, let's go into it. Like, and you know, like, I talked to him, I was like, you ever been doing a tattoo? And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, like you said, we've all been in that yeah. artistic process of yeah. like, I don't know how this is going to come out. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, he told the story about the old World War II vet or something like that. He's like, this dude's skin was like so frail that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, shit. And, you know, like, like a video edit or a mural or whatever, you could kind of go over it or whatever, but like, yeah. you get to a certain point in the yeah. tattoo and that's only there. so much you can do. That is there forever now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to uh, real quick touch on that. Um, so Casey and I did that uh, spoken word. I call it a, uh, desire to inspire um, if you anybody's interested hit me up it's like a little mini series where it's just spoken word like you can rap you can talk whatever it's just something that's inspirational that you went through I'm I'm looking to 
get people on that. So if you want to do something raw, anything like that, please hit me up, Josh Dobay Productions, DM me. I would love it. Now, whether you're just a poet or you're, you're actually like a rap artist, anything, plug it. <laughs> I had to plug it real quick. Cause Absolutely. I've been, you know, because that's something like I, I really like to be inspirational if I can, you know. And that's just one way I feel like I could be, so. Uh, do you know Kip Stone? Do not. Nuke Franklin? Mm -mm. Both uh, people at East Cleveland, um, part of Casey's crew is how, how I came in touch with them. Okay. Um, I'll put you guys in touch. Yeah, sure. Um, Kip is very, very lyrical. Yeah. Um, like a lot of his music, you're like, you're listening to it, you're like, oh, it sounds good. Then when you actually like, you know those artists where you're like, oh shit, he just said this, or you know what I mean, one yeah, of those yeah, yeah. things. Um, first two that come locally up to mind, but um, that was a perfect segue. It wasn't even a shameless plug, because how I like to end every interview is what I call the digital soapbox. Look dead in the camera, you get one minute to say anything you want, whether it's promotional, inspirational, tell people how to find you, any way that you want to leave the viewers and the listeners, you get to end the interview on whatever tone that you want to go, and whenever you're ready, time starts whenever you start. Okay. <clears throat> All right, first and foremost would be you got to follow the dream. I don't care what it is. I don't care who tells you that it's stupid or anything like that. You got to do it. Just do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I can't say it one more time. I'm going to say it again. Do it. Because you never know where you're going to be. I would never have thought that I would be here. I never knew that I'd have my own company or I'd work with the people that I have worked with or make the content that I had. I am so thankful for all the opportunities that I have had. And it's all because I believed in myself and I had no idea what I was doing, but I said, fuck it. And I went and I just went down the rabbit hole and I did it. So don't ever be insecure, anything like that. Just follow what you feel is right in the time of your life. Because maybe it's not the right thing forever, but it might be the right thing to do at that point in your life. So... Beautiful. And let them know where to find you. Give them all the contact information. Sure. You can find me at uh, Josh Dobay Productions on Instagram. Um, I am building a website right now. It's going to be jdp.com. Uh, it's working on that right now. It should be up in a week or so. Um, other than that, uh, Josh Dobay on YouTube. I uh, you only have like one or two things, but Scuff's thing is on there. So uh, other than that, that's about it. Beautiful. And that's the podcast. You, you successfully finished your first podcast. Woohoo! As always, I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the sponsors. I want to thank my guest. And I'd also like to ask you guys to go ahead and wherever you're listening to this at, maybe subscribe. Definitely leave a review. Even if you thought it was shit, let everybody know. If you thought it was great, let everybody know. And I look forward to the next episode, and I hope you do too. Talk to you then.